This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. On this episode, we have Ayn Nguyen, Director of Performance Marketing at Volt. Ayn, welcome to the BSFS podcast. Thank you very much. Okay, great. It's, it's great to see you on the podcast. Now, okay, if you remember, a couple of years ago, Apple decided to split the App Store in two categories, two big categories, games and apps, for a very good reason. Open any app marketing uh, analytics uh, from Apenny, from Sensor Tower or others, and you will see that the market is clearly divided between mobile games and all other kinds of apps. This split implies the difference in approach to mobile games marketing and marketing apps from all other app categories. Today, I will show us the difference between specifically user acquisition for games and food delivery apps. But before doing all that, Ayn, please give us a little bit of your background. Tell us about yourself. Sure. Hi, everyone. So my name is Ayn. Uh, I'm leading up the performance marketing team in Volt. And Volt is a food delivery company based in Finland, Helsinki. And I joined the company more than a year ago. Uh, before that, my background is actually in the gaming side. So I used to be in World Gaming and Rovio for several years take care of the performance marketing and UA for a lot of different kind of games from casual to mid-core to uh, strategy game. Actually, before I joined Rovio, I also worked in the non-gaming side. So I was in a food delivery company named Food Panda in Berlin back in 2013. So yeah, I've been between the, the UA doing performance marketing for both non-gaming and gaming for several years. It's The experience is very interesting and definitely... There's a lot of learning to be shared. I'm originally Vietnamese. I've been living in Europe for 10 years and uh, yeah, happy to be here. Great. Pretty diverse biography, I should say. Okay, so how would you describe the difference in your workflow as a part of Rovio and Volt Teams? What's the difference? So in Rovio, as a mobile gaming company, I joined the company when the company switched from a premium Angry Bird games to a free-to-play Angry Bird game. That's the whole change for the company where you're selling, you do marketing as flying to international space stations, doing a stunt and yeah. expect a lot of download. I remember that moment clearly. Yeah. <laughs> when you move to free to play where you had to be data driven, you had to know the lifetime value of the user, you need yeah. to load the return on investment. So that's the changes back then when I joined. So in gaming is very much data driven and uh, the lifetime value the retention, you work close with the product and the game team. That's pretty much what the UI people have been and what that's with my job, actually. But then when it comes to Volt, it's the food delivery company where we act, our product is not physically, uh, it's not purely digital, but actually have the blend uh, between digital and physical operations. And my job is actually more working with both product team, marketing team, and operation team. So operation team here, meaning the actual country team where we do marketing with, because we need to know how the supply and demand in each country. Uh, the lifetime value model is also 
quite different from gaming. Retention is also different. And the part that you actually have to think about the final customer, whoever going to use your product, is uh, completely changed for me when thinking about uh, the difference between gaming and non-gaming here. So actually, which part would you find more organized either to deal with offline or online? Which part would you like better? I say the online part is nice and easier for the fact that a lot of things can be tracked. And for marketing, that's one of the best uh, you can wish for. I see. Well, what are fundamental differences between the user acquisition techniques in mobile gaming and such non-gaming app category as food delivery? The biggest difference, I would say, is when it comes to targeting. So in mobile gaming nowadays, when uh, Facebook and Google introduced uh, worldwide targeting and app event optimization, value optimization a few years ago, mm -hmm. the industry from gaming shift into running worldwide campaigns instead of silo into a tier one market or let's say only targeting a certain country. In food delivery is very hyper-local targeting. That would just mean that we have to be way more focused into the delivery area that actually happened. Let's say if we go to a certain city like in Helsinki, we can't just target the whole city, for example, if we don't have the delivery area open for the whole city, but only a certain area. So we always have to think about the marketing techniques that actually apply like in a different way when you're running campaigns. All right. Now, how would you suggest uh, mobile product teams to organize user acquisition team to achieve high efficiency? This is a lot of learning that I get when, from my gaming experience. So the way that I organize in the team is uh, lean and focused. What that would mean that we have her, uh, we're building a foundation of the triangle between the media buying, analytics and creative. So, for example, in the team, in my team, and that's something, the setup that I would suggest uh, for the other company, I'm changing the, the structure to a media buyer take care of the whole operation for a single country instead of silo into, okay, a team or a person take care of Facebook, a team or a person take care of Google. Because I believe that if you give the ownership for a own channel for one person, they will mm -hmm. be more dedicated to actually doing much more impact within that country. Also, budget allocation and optimization is much more efficient. So let's say if I'm assigning one person from my team for Finland, that would mean mm -hmm. you running Facebook, Google, other channels for that country only, and she will run all of the channel within that country. All right, country by country specifically. Yeah. Okay. Now, there are lots of marketing channels. Without just naming all of them, uh, can you suggest marketers which they should be focused on from your experience which marketing channels do work the best these days perhaps you can kind of um, split the whole uh, set of channels you're suggesting between which ones works the best for games which ones work, works the best for non-gaming categories like food delivery for example so from my experience in gaming we tended to run a lot of different channels so facebook and google is the main one and then we have uh, a lot of video networks, and I suggest that would be the mix for the gaming side. For the non-gaming side, especially for the food delivery, the channel mix is actually smaller. So Facebook, and because uh, of the nature of the business and the targeting need to be very hyper-local, um, that would mean that there's only a few channels that's supporting the targeting by radius or by city targeting. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook and Google would be the top two 
for sure. And uh, Snapchat has been emerging to be one of the most uh, efficient channel for non-gaming from based on my experience uh, so far. Uh, we did test with some like video channel for gaming when I used to work for, but uh, none of them have been proving to be so well. So I would rather put more focus on Facebook, Google, and Snapchat. I've read that Snapchat has done a number of updates on their advertising solution. Can you tell me a little bit more how advertising for mobile apps work on uh, Snapchat? So the setup is not so much different than what would you do it in the gaming side. The only thing that is different is uh, Snapchat is now much better on the targeting side. So um, aside from running uh, interest targeting as they always have, uh, you can also run in lookalike, just pretty much like what Facebook used to offer. Mm -hmm. uh, then also um, the location targeting on Snapchat is so much better. Plus the art, art format of story ads and snap ad is so much uh, better to design for e-commerce or non-gaming in this sense because the, the five, ten seconds, uh, five to seven seconds kind of video ads is working really well. So that probably if you want to invest more into Snapchat, invest more into the creative because that's where the, the win, winning formula would be for you. So Snapchat is still pretty strong, and even though TikTok is rising pretty quickly, uh, it's too early to kind of uh, stop talking about Snapchat as the really robust channel for uh, app uh, install driving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's talk about targeting. How would you define such thing as a hyper-local targeting? Comparing games and uh, food delivery apps as non-games category example, for what of these two would you suggest to apply worldwide and hyper-local targeting? So um, gaming, of course, will be normally worldwide targeting, or you can tier in the country into tier one, tier two, and rest of the world. That's probably the most um, common formula for gaming side when it comes to targeting. When it comes to food delivery or non-gaming side, then hyper-local targeting, as uh, I've been mentioning, that is very much focused on a certain delivery area of your app. Uh, so in food delivery, uh, if you only tar um, deliver the food in a certain area in a city, that would just mean that you shouldn't targeting too much uh, of the radius outside of that delivery area because people who download, install the app, register, the first thing they open the app would say, oh, sorry, our you cannot order from, from us now because we are not in your area. That is not efficient and it's probably not the most user-friendly experience. So that's where the hyper-local targeting become very important for non-gaming or food delivery. And that's one of the most challenging when it comes to also scaling as well. Because the narrow, as you know, if you run a campaign on Facebook, the narrower the audience the more, the potentially more expensive uh, it would be. And that's why for gaming, you normally go with one-wide targeting because the audience is bigger. It's work well with VO and AEO. In uh, food delivery, we don't really use VO and AEO for the, or let's say VO for the fact that the, the targeting is actually quite small and the creative gets saturated quite fast. All right, excellent. Now, looking at games and food delivery apps, uh, how would you describe the difference in your approach to developing creatives for these two? So games and food delivery apps have quite a big difference when it comes to creative. In game, you're looking more into uh, actual uh, in-app uh, tactical uh, instructional 
experience where it's very simple, it's very gameplay focused. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, lately, I've been hearing from one of uh, some of my uh, UI friends working in gaming that they're having an emerging on the kind of player effect ad. Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard about it. In the industry back then when, when this happened, and that's why gaming is moving so fast. When it comes to food delivery, um, the creative is actually way more focused on the, on the food itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and uh, for us, we have been trying a lot of different approach when it comes to, okay, should we focus on the app? Should we focus on the food? Should we focus on the people? Should we focus on different um, live action experience? By the end of the day, the food just so much more efficient when it comes to to creative uh, or to marketing, uh, especially a certain type of food like a burger or uh, pizza and sushi. That just um, surprisingly like burger. Every burger, the picture that you put, it just works. So there's a certain like emotional and psychological touch when it comes to marketing for our food delivery app. Yeah, show the product front and feature it. By the way, Snapchat has this specific product that which uh, to this day is kind of a, when you hear that, that this kind of um, ad creative, you think automatically about Snapchat only, which is Snapchat Lens. Can you tell me a little bit about how Snap uh, Snapchat Lens work for creating ads, just in general terms? So Snap Lens, they're producing an opportunity for advertiser to have more interactive uh, experience. We did try uh, to create a snap lens where it's actually the concept is quite simple. It's a falling sushi uh, that integrated into your uh, facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun experience, and the idea that we wanted to aim for is actually try to make it fun and engage, and hope for a virality effect. Uh, it's a new format, so we didn't really have the full results on how it's, uh, how it's performing. But as Snap is actually, um, that's probably one of the reasons why Snap is, has been emerged, have one of the, uh, one of the root channel, just for the fact that they invest a lot into different kind of advertising experience. And that's probably something they will continue to do more. And I say that something as an advertiser, we should look more into it. Cool. Let's switch the gears a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few light, funny questions, which are kind of personal, but are you iOS or Android person? iOS? Gosh, we've been doing this podcast for a few months and iOS beats Android, clearly, <laughs> pretty much every time. By the way, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. I'm in the same camp. <laughs> can you remember, let's back in time, uh, can you remember your first mobile phone? It was uh, Nokia back then. That's probably a lot of people have a similar experience that I had. So that was an amazing experience. <laughs> and you have like exactly. such a <laughs> Nokia, I, I hear it over and over that like the from back in the day, it was the king. Now back to 2020, uh, what is your favorite app and why? My favorite app is actually Clash Royale, uh, the mobile game from Supercell. Mm. Uh, I've been playing the game since uh, sub-launch and I've been a crazy fan. Um, the game, which is amazing. And um, the experience, and for me as the not a hardcore player, but more like casual player, is just immersive, and I just love the app, and still have a lot of friends who are playing it. What kind of game it is? Is it it's a clash casual? Royal. Clash Royale. So, oh. uh, so it's a PvP uh, PvP game. I see. <laughs> Got you. Now, 
Before I let you go, can you tell people how they can get in touch with you and get more information about what you're doing? I think the best way to get in touch with me would be through my LinkedIn. So um, I think I probably can send the link in um, link to the podcast. So if anyone wants to get in touch and want to sparring more idea about performance marketing, either in gaming or non-gaming, or just want to have a casual chat, happy to talk. Great. Thanks a lot for your time and coming on the podcast, Ayn. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Ayn Nguyen, Director of Performance Marketing at Volt. To listen to more episodes, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And don't forget, all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Till the next time, bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.